the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Newness. Newness. You are surely getting better tonight. I have no doubt that you are moving from glory to glory in this series. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come with me, Matthew 25. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own, called his own and delivered his goose to them. Take note of the word goose. Somebody say his goose. Verse 14. He called his own servant and delivered his goose to them. Verse 16, then he gave one five talents to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and did what? Traded with them. And made... I hope you are here. And likewise, he who had received two, gained two or more also. Verse 18, but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his laws. Alright. After a long time. Uh-huh. He came to do what? Settle accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other saying. Okay. His Lord said to him what? Well done good and faithful servant you were faithful over a few things i will make you ruler over many i see you become a ruler over many things enter into the joy of your lord verse 22 he also who had received came and said lord look i have gained two more talents besides them his Lord said to him, well, and faithful servant, you've been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. May you become a ruler over many things. So that's what this series is about. This series is sharing with you the wisdom of God to become a ruler over many things. Now, maybe your spiritual life you are not ruling over many things. You are not ruling over your prayer life. You are not ruling over your word life. But as the wisdom of God comes to you through this series, I see you rule over many things. Finances are ruling you. You are not ruling it. Receive grace to rule over many things. Receive grace to rule over dollars. Rule over pounds. Rule over multiples of cities. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, God wants to make us rulers over many things. Somebody say, I'm ordained to be a ruler over many things. So, if you end up ruling over a few or nothing, that is not God's making. That is not the will of God. God's mind is for you to rule over many things. And you will rule over many things. I said you will rule over many things. Now, it's important. Life frustration is bound to happen. You are bound to experience frustration. If you desire, you know what you want, but you don't know how to get it. Many people know what they want in life. They lack the knowledge and the wisdom of what to do in order to get it. There's nobody who doesn't desire promotion in life. Everybody desires promotion. Everybody desires a change of level. But very few people get to know or know 
what they need to do in order to change their level. And even those who know, very few of them are willing to do what is required of them to do in order to change their level. Wisdom is knowing the right step to take in order to achieve what you deserve for yourself in life. That's wisdom. The Bible says wisdom is profitable to direct. He said the labor of the foolish worried every one of them because he does not know how. The labor of the foolish worried every one of them because he does not know how. But wisdom is profitable to direct. When wisdom comes, you get to know what to do. And once you get to know what to do, your level must change. Some of you, you are running a business and because your wisdom is small, business is not growing. You are not ruling over many things. You just have a few customers. One, two customers. And even those customers are not trustworthy customers. I see you get more customers. When wisdom increases, the Bible says things increase around us. Wisdom promotes. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, that's why I cherish and value wisdom. And that is why you must also cherish and value wisdom as a member of this house. Proverbs chapter 4. Wisdom is the principal thing. Somebody say it's the principal thing. You cannot be promoted without having regard for the principal virtue. If you want to be promoted, get the principal virtue, which is wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. That's what coming to church is about. When we come to church, we embrace the wisdom of God. Why? Because God's word is God's wisdom. Somebody say God's word. It's God's wisdom. God's word is God's wisdom. So when the word of God comes into you, you are receiving inoculation of divine wisdom. Every time the word of God comes into your heart, you have been inoculated with divine wisdom. He says, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Then he begins to talk about it. He said, exalt wisdom and he shall promote thee. Exalt wisdom and he shall what? Promote thee. How many of you want to be promoted? That, this is the wisdom for promotion you need. And that is what God is sharing with us in this series. Get it, exalt it, and it shall promote thee. He shall bring thee to honor when you embrace it. May you embrace wisdom. Amen. I said, may you embrace wisdom. Amen. The world has its own kind of wisdom. James talks about it. He said the wisdom that is earthly, is sensual, is devilish. That is the world's kind of wisdom. But God's wisdom takes people from the ground to the top. The wisdom that is from above cannot allow you to stay down. It will always take you from the ground to the top. I see you take your place at the top. I see you take your place at the top. Now listen. It's not now that God is going to take you to the top. God has already ordained you for the top. You didn't hear what I said. I said God has already ordained you for the top. The Bible said you are the light of the world. You are the city that is set on a hill. He said, if thou shalt lead thee hearken to my voice and do all that I command thee, then the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. So the topmost top is your portion. I said the topmost top is your portion. If you believe it, you are getting there. In the mighty name of Jesus. God has not just ordained us for the top, but he's also shown us what to do in order to get there. And that is what we are trying to explore. One of the principal things we ought to do to take our ordained place at the top is the secret that we are learning in this teaching. Come with me to Luke chapter 22, verse 25 to 26. Jesus told them, in this world, the kings and great men lorded over their people. Yet they are called friends of a people. Verse 26. But among you it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest, the lowest, and the leader should be like a servant. If you want to lead, if you want to get to the topmost top, the Bible says what you need to do is to take the lowest of places. The world says no. If you want to lead, you have to cut corners. If you want to lead, you must step on many toes. If you want to lead, you must take advantage of people. God says no. If you want to lead, let people rather take advantage of you. If you want to lead, become the fool. If you want to lead, be like you are not wise. That, it, it looks stupid. But that's how the word of God works. That's why you need to have the mind of God to be able to appreciate. The Bible said that the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. These things I'm sharing with you. If you are a natural man, you can appreciate them. You can never appreciate them. 
And as long as you are a spiritual man, but you want to operate with natural rules, you can never take your ordained place as a spiritual man. So last week, we began exploring this key principle of service. Somebody say service. And we saw that service is vital for anybody to rise in the kingdom. If you must rise in the kingdom, your attitude towards service must change. Your attitude towards service must change. Nobody rises in the kingdom without being a servant. Servant rights. Right from Genesis, we see service promoting people. The man Moses was promoted. Exodus, he was promoted by reason of service. Joseph was elevated by reason of service. Joshua became a leader of a mighty nation. One of the most, in fact, at the time, that was the richest nation on the earth. And he didn't get there by election. He got there by service. By service. You remember that when Israel was in Egypt, Egypt was superpower. How many of you remember that? Egypt was a superpower. It was the ruler of the world at the time. But the time they were living, the Bible said they planted the economy of Egypt. So Israel automatically became the richest nation on the earth. And one man became the leader, not because he contested for an election, but because he was a faithful servant. I pray that you will take your place as a faithful servant. Shout a better amen. amen. Service is so important that when Jesus came, even he decided to take that role. The Bible says, let this man be in you. Philippians 2.5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, have this mind. Say, have this kind of mind. Let this mind, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, read the scripture with me, taught in no robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and was took upon him. Somebody say, took upon him. Yeah, very few people know how to take upon themselves their willingness to serve. Even when you are asking people, they are giving you excuses. It's not something people take upon themselves. Everybody takes upon themselves the front seat. Very few people will take the back seat. When Jesus came, he took. He didn't wait for them to place on him. He didn't ask, what can I do? Whatever needed to be done, that's what Jesus was doing. He was not waiting. If you are willing to serve, you don't ask what must I do. You find something to do. You always find something to do. He took upon himself the form of a servant. And then his rising began. I see your rising beginning. You are rising from tonight. You are moving from glory to glory. Shout, I'm going from glory to glory. Alright, so we said that to be promoted, you don't just serve anyhow to be promoted. God promotes servants. But we, we see that those who receive two talents, he went and traded with it. When he came, he said, you have qualified. Become a ruler over many things. He started as a servant. He became a ruler over many things. Five, he started as a servant. He became a ruler over many things. How did they make it? We want to explore some important attributes of true servants and while we go through it i want you to ask yourself do these things define me do they reflect my life am i a true servant indeed that those are the questions every one of them after each session just like pastor abraham told us on sunday go back and reflect on it examine yourselves and see whether or not you are a faithful servant in the light of the things we are talking about here one we said a true servant is sendable somebody say a true servant is sendable shout it a true servant is sendable yeah that's what we saw a true servant is sendable if you are a true servant you'll be sendable a servant that cannot be sent a servant that has volumes of excuses to give when they are given an assignment is never a true servant. A true servant is sendable. A true servant serves with willingness. When you send a true servant, you are at peace. When you send a true servant, you don't have to worry. You can go to sleep. But unfortunately, not too many servants are sendable. Moses was a sendable servant. God said, come now and I will send you. He sent Joseph before them. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, even so, send are you. A true servant is sendable. Look at Proverbs 13, verse 17 with me. Proverbs 13, 17. Unreliable servants cause trouble. But those who can be trusted bring peace. Somebody say unreliable servants. 
Now listen, sometimes it's better you don't have a servant than to send an unreliable servant. It's better. It's better that sometimes you don't have a family shepherd than to have one who is not committed to the work. It's better you don't have a pastor than to have a pastor who does not understand what it means to pastor and shepherd people. It's better. He says, unreliable messengers cause a lot of trouble, a lot of pain. Now, look at Proverbs 26, verse 6. He said, you are only asking for trouble when you send a message by a fool. You are asking for trouble. They go and say things you didn't say. Unreliable servant. The Bible describes one of them as a fool. He goes and he says what you have not told him. May you become a reliable servant. In fact, the CEV puts it in an interesting way. He said, sending a message by a fool is like chopping off your foot and drinking poison. Sending a message by a fool. May we become faithful servants. May we become sendable servants. In the mighty name of Jesus. One man who was a sendable servant in scripture was Timothy. Very sendable. Very sendable. Apostle Paul loved him because he was a sendable servant. Look at Philippians chapter 2 verse 19 to 22. He says, but I trust in the Lord to do what? To send Timothy to you shortly that I may also be encouraged when I know your state. I trust. I want to send Timothy. When Timothy comes, I know I'll be very encouraged. When your boss sends you to go representing do you go to bring him encouragement or you bring him regrets? That is what will determine when he's about to retire, whether he will recommend you for promotion or not. I mean, nobody likes me. Nobody likes me. No. When you serve well, even when people don't like you, they are forced to like you. When you genuinely serve, when you genuinely serve from your heart, it is very, very difficult to dislike a genuine servant. It's very, 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 very difficult very difficult he says for i have no one like-minded like that like that i have no one like-minded and we talk about this i have no one like-minded he was thinking the same way you won't send timothy and timothy will come back and be debating you about the things you send him about no no he was like-minded what his boss saw was what he saw the ability to see the way your leader sees is very very important number two we said a true servant has what a true servant has a master. Somebody say a true servant has a master. Say it aloud. I have a master. A true servant has a master. Every true servant has a master. Every true servant. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 1 verse 6. A son honors his father and a servant is master. If I then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? Every true servant knows that he has a master. Somebody say, I have a master. And we have two masters. One in heaven and one on earth. God, our father, is our master. And then we have earthly masters. Earthly masters. If you are in the choir, you have a master. Your choir leader is your master. Am I communicating here? You are in the ushers. The ushers there. All of you, the head is your master. And you owe the person your consistency, faithfulness, and loyalty. Somebody say an amen. amen. Every true servant has a master. In your office, you have a master. Whoever set up the chambers you are operating in, that's your master. And you know you need to learn how to relate to masters. I realize that a lot of people gifted with potential and dealt with great abilities sometimes are denied great opportunities because they don't know how to relate with masters. It's an art. You have to learn how to relate with masters. You must know how to talk to masters. When you are in a meeting with your master, other people may be there and your boss is there. The way you speak will reflect whether you know how to relate with your masters or not. Am I complicating here? Yeah. It's not prayer. The, the master key to promotion in life is not prayer. What prayer does that? Prayer prepares the way and paves the way. But wisdom gives you access. Somebody say access. Wisdom gives you access and it keeps you in the place after promotion. Some people get access and they get thrown out. You will not be thrown out of great opportunities. So you have to know. I like it when in the book of Daniel, he said children with whom there is no blemish, those who have the ability to stand before the king. I realize that not every gifted person has the ability to stand before kings. There's a skill you must have to be able to stand before a king. You have to learn it. How you speak, how you present yourself, 
how you appear, all of that will affect where you stand and who you speak with. There are times you go to a place and based on your appearance, the people don't even ask you questions. There will be a queue and they will allow you to go. Number three, we want to continue tonight. A true servant seeks to please his master above all else. A true servant. Somebody say a true servant. Say it aloud. A true servant seeks to please his master above all else, including himself. Yeah. Yeah. A true servant seeks to please his master above all else, including himself. Including himself. A true servant seeks to please his master above all else, including himself. If a wife understands that she must seek to please her husband above all else, she will have a fantastic home. If you understand that you need to, where you go to work, your place of work, the number one person you must target to please is your boss. Above all else, you will have a long and industrious career fruitful career where you come to church and you understand that you must seek to please your leaders above all else it will help you a great deal you don't come to god and seek to do your own will look at what jesus said john chapter 8 verse 29 and he who sent me is with me the father has not left me alone for i do always the things that please him he does sent me somebody say he does sent me we have already established that servants are sendable and said he does sent me my master is always with me because I do always the things that please. Some of us, when our own wishes and desires conflict with our masters, that is when our true character is tested. There is something you want to do and there is something your master wants you to do in the light of the interest of the organization which you are serving. And that is where you get to know who is a true master and who is not a true master. There are people who go to places and they say, I want to be myself. No. When you enter an organization and you go to work in the place, you don't go as yourself. You go to be part of the organization. So whatever the organization is required for people to do for the organization to work and for its mission to be achieved, that is what you do. Am I communicating here? The moment you decide that I want to be myself, you are simply saying, I don't want to be part of the organization. Am I communicating here? Yeah, that is right. Look at what Apostle Paul said. He says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I will not be a born servant of God. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. If I seek to please men. When you are made a choir leader, you must understand that the number one person you are seeking to please, God obviously is number one, but on earth, your senior pastor when you are singing the songs, I must endorse them. You don't come and sing any Nyamanyama song. Yeah. Oh, as for me, this, this kind of songs that we do in this church, I'm not comfortable with. You are not a true servant. I want this style of song. Well, that style of song may not work in this house. In every house, there's a way things are done and there's protocol that are required for things to work. And if you are not ready to work alone, you can be a true servant. The greatest pleasure of a true servant is to please his master and not himself or anyone else. That's the greatest pleasure of a true servant. He wants to please Apostle said, I'm not singing, I'm not preaching to please anyone. When I preach, I want to be satisfied that I preach and I've satisfied God. Most of the time, people who are part of institutions, they go like, oh, I'm just trying to Please, these people, my people. One major challenge this man saw hard was pleasing people at the expense of his master. God anointed him to be king. When he became king, he said, this is what the people want. But he never knew that when you are made a leader, you don't do what people want. You help the people to see what they must do in order to advance their lives. You don't do what the people want. True leaders don't do what people want. True leaders most of the time do what is unpopular. And many years after they are dead and gone, people will come to vindicate them and say, ah, this is why this person... You know, one of our leaders who is most vilified in this country is President Nkrumah. And most of the things he did, and now, in fact, now people are now understanding why Nkrumah did some of the things. I don't excuse his errors and challenges. But he was one of our most excellent leaders. Yeah, Nkrumah was one of our most excellent, most of the things he did. Those are the very things that are sustaining us. Built uh, Termamoto Way. Nobody has been able to replicate that or do a similar thing since. 
lasted for years. People do roads and they do it in three months, two months, it's gone. You can't be a leader when you are weak in heart. The, the little opposition from people you, you fall. No, 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 no. A leader is considerate of the interest. Now, now, those are some of the things I'm going to be sharing with you at SL Service. Because, you see, a leader is considerate, but a leader is non-compromising. Standards must be standards. A leader, somebody say, a servant seeks to please his master above all else. Yeah. Including himself. Say it, including himself. Because what makes you a servant is the fact that you acknowledge you have a master. If you don't have a master, then you are your own. You seek to please yourself. But once you have a master, as a child of God, you can't seek to do things that please you. As for me, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to live my life. No, no, no. You can't live your life like that. The Bible says, now that we've been saved, we should yield ourselves as instruments of righteousness. So we cannot live the way we want and the way we feel. We have to live as servants of God who bought us and redeemed us with his precious blood. Yeah. So you don't live to please yourself. Jesus did not come to please himself and we cannot live our lives to please ourselves. Number four. True servant does the will of his master and not his own will. Now all of these things I'm sharing with you, I'm not taking it from any other person but the life of Christ. Most of them are coming from him. He does not do his own will. The true test of loyalty comes when your own will conflicts with the will of your master. The true test of submission of a wife to the husband comes when her will conflicts with the will of her husband. Your, the true test of your ability to submit to your leader or your boss at work comes when your own will you want to wear this, they say wear this. You want to come at this time, they say come at that time. That's when your true test of loyalty is, comes into play. Look at what Jesus said. John chapter 6 verse 38. This is Jesus. For I came down from where? Read it with me. I came down from where? I came down from heaven not to do my but the will of him that have you been sent? Why are you down doing your own will? Have you been appointed to a certain role? Why are you doing things your own way? Have you been given a certain responsibility? Why do you think that things must be done your way and not the way of whoever appointed you? If you wanted to do things your own way, you should have appointed yourself. But as long as you have been appointed or you've been assigned, you must understand that your number one responsibility is to do the will of him that sent you. Find out the will of your boss and do it every time and do it well. And you will never pray about promotion. That's all. That's why sometimes some unbelievers say, they don't go for all night. They don't do, but they simply have learned how to put these things to work. That's all. But with all our prayers, we are rebellious at heart. We want to do things our own way, and there is no way you can rise like that. You see, that's why I'm saying that the true test of loyalty will come when your own will conflicts with the will of your master. Somebody said the true test of loyalty comes. When your own will conflicts with the will of your master. Yeah. Look at this. Jesus had this temptation. And I like it because the Bible says Jesus was tempted at all points, yet without sin. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Now, if you are a leader and you have never come to a place where what you want was not what your boss wanted or your leader wanted, and then you had to yield your position for your leader's position, you are not in leadership yet. Look at it. Then Jesus came down to a place called Gethsemane. Somebody say Gethsemane. Gethsemane. Place of pressing. And said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. Verse 37. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Amazing. The pain was so much. The pressure on him was too much. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Stay here and watch with me. Why? Because what is going on, there is something he has been asked to do. And he doesn't really want to do it. It's not his style. He's not used to it. It's an unfamiliar terrain for him. It's a very difficult thing. He's just weighing a lot of things. And it was very difficult for him. So it was weighing down on him. Now look at this. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not as I, but as you will. 
Nevertheless, now he prayed this prayer three times. There are occasions where the will of your earthly master may have to be submitted to them. If you are at a place of work and your boss says, I want us to do this deal and get this money. That is not something you must sacrifice your conscience for. Am I communicating here? Yeah. But as long as what you are being asked to do does not violate the will of your heavenly master, because that's our ultimate master. Am I communicating here? But whatever else you are asked to do, as long as it does not violate the ultimate will of the heavenly master, and it's supposed to help that will achieve better, you better comply quickly. He said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Prayed three times. Three times. You can't serve if you are full of your own will. You can't serve if you are full of your own ideas. You can't serve if you are full of your own way of doing things. When we become a part of a body, all of us, we have to let go of some of our likes and dislikes so that the body can work. Am I communicating here? That's how organizations work. A true servant will always... Now, this has been floating on Facebook before I even listen. A true servant will always choose his master's will above his own, even in the most difficult of circumstances. That's what Jesus did. Now, do you know that that, that was the ultimate test of his promotion? Come with me to uh, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Verse 5. Let this man be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking upon him the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of men, follow the reading. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to where? To the point of what? To the point of what? Even the death on the cross. Now, what was he praying about in the garden? He was praying about this obedience to death. That's what he was praying about. But not until he passed the test of obedience unto death. Verse 9 never happened. Therefore, God also had highly exalted him. So while you are seriously debating and fighting, you don't know that you are stagnating your own promotion and progress. That's why. That is why the greatest testing grounds are also usually the greatest traps for promotion. The place where your will is tested usually is also a place where your promotion is tightened. Therefore, he was praying, Lord, if it is possible, let this car pass over. Not my will. This is my will. If he had chosen his will, he would have lost his place. But when he gave up his will for the will of his master, therefore, God also had highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. When you are tempted, it is a choice between your will and the will of your master. And all of us will be tempted. Praise God. Every time a temptation, any temptation that ever comes your way, it always comes as a test of your will and the will of your master. Who will you choose to please? Will you choose to honor God or will you choose to please yourself? Praise God. Number five, a true servant has a mind to serve. A true servant has a mind to serve. Ask your neighbor, do you have a mind to serve? Ask your neighbor, do you have a mind to serve? Turn and ask your neighbor, do you have a mind to serve? Because all of these things, it starts from the mind. Somebody say it starts from the mind. Service starts from the mind. Service starts from the mind. There are people who go to work. There are people who go to work. They go to work to work to receive a salary. Others go to work to serve. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. There are those who go to work, so at the end of the month, they are paid. Others go there to serve. And the people who enjoy their work and the people who get promoted on their work are those who go there to serve. Do you have the mind to serve? Too many people, they have the mind to prosper. They don't have the mind to serve. They have the mind to be promoted. They don't have the mind to serve. Do you have the mind to serve? You need a mind. You need a mind. That is where it started from. The Bible said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. This office that I've come, I'm going to serve my boss to the best of my ability. I'm going to be the best employee in this firm. That's a mindset. And it affects your reporting time at work. It affects how many hours you take for break. It affects the excellence with which you attend to your responsibilities. It affects everything. Do you have the mind to serve? Now that I'm married, I'm going to serve my husband the best possible way. 
Do you have a mindset? Many people have mindsets for promotion and elevation, not the mind to serve. But listen, until you begin to think service, you can never taste promotion. Until you think service, you can't taste promotion. Philippians. Philippians 2.5 Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ. That's all. It's simple. It's not in the complication. That's all. The reason why Jesus served, he had the mind to do it. Look at what he says. And you see, what is on your mind will always be on your mouth. He was speaking to his disciples. He said, do you know why I came? I know why I came. I know why I'm here. I'm not here to be promoted. I'm not looking for this. I came here to serve. For even the son of man did not come down to be served, but to serve and to give his life. It was clear. He knew. There are people who think that service is beneath them. That's how they think. That's how they think. They are high-minded. They think that when you serve, you are being cheated. Because they have a certain mind of wanting to be noticed. They don't want to serve. Jesus came with the mind to serve. The disciples had the mind to sit. What a contrast. Mark chapter 10, verse 35 to 37. They wanted to sit. Look at it. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, <laughs> He said to them, What do you want me to do for you? Request is easy. Then they said, These are we're prayer warriors, you see. <laughs> whatever we ask in your name you give it to us so they came we want you to do we know you are able to do exceedingly abundantly so do for us what we ask Jesus said tell me what you ask then they said grant us that we may sit we may what yeah. when you come to church why have you come have you come to sit or you have come to serve grant us that we may sit they have already determined where they want to sit. Grant us that we may preach. Grant us that we may lead. Sometimes people come here and I remember a gentleman came some time back. He came and all he wanted was to uh, be on the altar to lead praise. Praise God. That's all. Oh, that's all. He, he was, his most exciting time was when he was given the opportunity to lead praise. I don't see him anymore. Praise God. Because, because you see, when people are looking for a place to sit, when they don't get that place to sit, they go. Because places to sit are limited. But places to serve are too many. But the moment you find a place to serve, the place to sit is already guaranteed for you. You don't pray about that anymore. You don't pray about that anymore. The moment you can find a place to serve, your place of sitting is guaranteed. That's all. It's guaranteed. Automatically guaranteed. Automatically. Find a place to serve. At your place of work, we know your responsibilities are clearly defined. But there are things that are not part of your responsibility. But when you do for your boss, you touch his heart in a unique way. Nobody wants to do that because usually people operate by the books. Those are the things you do. Usually people don't show much concern and care for a leader's personal interest and survival. So when you work in an office, you want to show interest in your boss, his welfare, how his family is doing, how his kids are doing. And simple acts like that because, I mean, apart from taking your work seriously and being diligent on your job, I, what I can you do for your boss? I remember I met a friend of mine in Accra and he started a project. So I was speaking with him and we went out for dinner. When we finished, I asked him, where's the project? He took me to the project site. When we finished, I, I, I said, okay. So when we went, I went there to pray with him on the site and everything. When we finished and we were going, I sent him some money to uh, help with the project. And I was shocked what he told me. He said, you shocked me today because people hardly give to me. Praise God. Yeah. People hardly give to me. Because everybody thinks that the leader has so much. There are things that when you give to a leader, you secure a place in his heart that can never. There's no way Mary Magdalene, what she did for Jesus, the Bible said, it shall be a memorial for good. You work with the boss for 10 years, 5 years, you've never sent him a gift on Christmas Day. Every day, you are looking for, hey, now I, I, I feed you a bonus, he said. 
That's why you are not promoted. That's why your life is going down and it's going up. Every day you want to receive from him. What will you give to him? Because the Bible says without contradiction, the less is blessed by the better. The one on top blesses the one down. The rest of the disciples, when you read this account, eh, when they went to ask later on, when they heard this, the rest of the disciples were angry. And they were angry because all of them had the same desire. But they were angry that these two guys went to ask first. Because assuming that Jesus said yes, it means they would have taken the place. They got angry. In fact, look at Mark chapter 9, verse 33 to 35. Because the desire for greatness. And you know, there were times people asked Jesus questions and he rebuked them. Yeah. But when they asked him, what does it take to sit here? He didn't stop them. Then he came to Capernaum and when he was in the house, he asked them, what was it you disputed among yourselves on the road? The disciples were always in argument when they were going. Which of the senior pastors is going to take over when Pastor Fokwa is not here? <laughs> yeah. You know, our boss will be going on retirement soon. <laughs> which of us? Which of us will take over? <laughs> Assuming that uh, the King George get transferred to Accra, which of us will take over from the choir? All the time. He said, they, they dis- but they kept silent for on the road. They disputed among themselves who will be the greatest. Is that not what we want? Who will be the greatest? Who will be the first? That's it. Jesus, he sat them down and called the twelve and said, if anyone desires to be first, <laughs> he shall be the last of all and servant of all. Somebody say the last of all. <laughs> and servant of all. Yeah. If you are not ready to embrace this wisdom, you cannot experience supernatural promotion. Be the last of all and the servant of all. The last of all and the servant of all. The last of all and the servant of all. Everybody desires first. It's a natural desire to be first. First to be noticed. First to be seen. First to be heard. No. No. Don't push yourself. The Bible said, it's better when you're invited to a place, it's better you go and take a back position and you are called to the front than to rush forward and then later they tell you, no, you are sitting at the wrong place. Have you come to a place where there were no ushers and you sat at a place that you like? You see, this one is not your fault. I'm not saying that. Listen, assuming that you went there, the ushers had not come and then you sat at a place that you felt you'd be comfortable. You can get a very good view. And then just as the program was about to start. Now, it happens at a time where just about when the program is sta- about to start and a lot of people have seen all the nice other places. They come and tell you, please, uh, we want to give this chase to some other place. <laughs> and when you turn like this, you can't find any place at all close to the front to sit. And by the time you realize, sometimes if you don't take care, you may leave the place. I'm no longer interested. A true servant has the mind to serve. Somebody say, I have a mind to serve. Let's finish the reading. They kept silent. And he said, them, whoever will be great should be. It's number six. Let me, I'm closing because it's 21. So we are doing 7-7. Seven, seven. A true servant does not despise any work. Somebody say despise any work. The Bible says, who are despised small things? A true servant does not despise any work. A true servant. Somebody say a true servant. Say a true servant does not despise any work. A true servant does not despise any work. There are some people, they have finished school like uh, three or four years now. They are still at home. There are no jobs. Akufado is not creating enough jobs. And they are just complaining and complaining, complaining, complaining. Because in their mind, there is a particular kind of work that is their type of person, their height, their, their skill, their intelligence. There is a kind of work they must get. Many years ago, when we were in the school, I held a conference for national service personnel. We used to do a seminar for them after they listen, Christ at work. And one of the things I told them many years ago is that there are always two jobs for anyone who is seriously looking for a job. The available and the desirable. Somebody say the available and the desirable. I realized that all of us want the desirable work. But not many people look out for available work. What is available? What can be done? 
People are always, I want to work in the bank. I want to work with the oil. I want to work. It's good. It's good to have good desires. But it is also great to know that good desires can be gotten ultimately when we learn to embrace undesirable opportunities. Some students you are teaching, just teach them. That's what is easily available. Rather than sit at home, look at what Jesus said. John chapter 13, verse 3 to 15. Now let's read this together. One go. Now, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, look at this, rose from supper and laid aside. Are you reading here? Laid aside his, took air, and gathered himself. Look at verse 5. After that, he did what? And began to wash and to wipe them. Now listen. In the culture Jesus was operating in, this was the meanest work anybody could think of. The servants of servants, this is their responsibility. Yeah. Now go. That's why if you look at Peter's reaction, then when he came to Simon Peter, because you know, you know Peter was very sharp. When he came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? What do you mean? Listen, I'm far older than you. I understand the custom and the details. I know tradition. Jesus, you can't mess up like this. You don't wash my feet. What do you want people to think of us? You, you are the one who is the sick. You are the one who raises the dead. You are the one who preaches before thousands. Listen, look at your public image. Don't spoil the ministry for us. Ah, what you are doing is it has, it's not a good marketing strategy. Stop it. You are going to wash our feet. Please come again. Jesus answered him, Listen, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will know afterwards. <laughs> Praise God. Listen, in leadership, sometimes your leader is doing something you don't understand. Just follow. Somebody say follow. Yeah. Follow. Most of the time I've realized that people have resisted things only to come into a certain position to understand it. And sometimes their resistance have destroyed so many things that could have been done. Praise God. Yeah. You follow your leader. You come to church, you follow your pastor. You are in the choir, you follow the leadership of whoever is there. You are in the office, follow your leader. That's it. He says what I'm doing, you don't understand. When, you see, when in leadership, you have to explain and explain things, eh? very few things will get done. That's why the Bible calls us soldiers. There are things are explained to us, there are things we understand by faith. The Bible says through faith we understand. There are things you don't understand now, you understand them by faith. Later on, they become clear. So you follow in faith. Oh, I mean, I don't want to follow any leader blindly. You are a fool. There are things we follow only by faith and they become clear as we go along. One God told Abraham, get thee out of thy father's house. If he didn't want to be a blind follower, he would never have gotten into his place of inheritance. The Bible said he went, not knowing where he was going. He followed, 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 followed. That's how Abraham became great. Follow me and I will make you. Praise God. That's it. Let's finish the reading. Is somebody getting blessed tonight? The best of your life is about to unfold before you. Shout a better amen. And now listen, listen. In the next 15, 20 years, if you are looking for great men in this nation, they will be counting in the church. They will be counted in the church. I want your orientation to be right. You see, God just ushered us into 2021, not just rebrand us, but to reshape our destinies and future. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, if I do not wash you, you have no part in me. And that's what got to Peter. Because he, he was so, because, and you see, he was resisting for a reason. What Jesus was doing is not done. It's not done. He is not the kind of person who should be doing that. And I'm telling you, if one husband will learn that there are times you have to do things in your home, that a husband is not supposed to be doing, you will enjoy peace and you will enjoy a long marriage. Me, husband.
husband, head of this home, do this. No, 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 no. Then the home will fall apart. So under your nose, it will fall apart. There are times you have to just say, I'm so you are the boss, but you are wrong. And you don't lose anything. Say sorry and win the person back. Then insist I'm the boss. You can go to hell. He goes to hell, your business also goes down. He said, Simon Peter, you have no part in me. I, I like Peter. He said, I ah, wash my hands, my head. Every part. Now I'm ready. Wash everywhere. Can you see that? Say so, Lord, not only my feet. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bath needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean. But not all of you are clean. Verse 11. I hope all of you are clean. Because Judas was here. <laughs> Judas was here. <laughs> For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, you are not all clean. Verse 12. Let's read it together. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garment and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done unto you? Do you know? You call me teacher and Lord. I wanted to do seven years, but my time's up. He said, you call me teacher and Lord. And you say, well, for so I am. So Jesus is saying, listen, I'm your boss. The reason why Peter was fighting back and forth with me is because he understands my role. I'm your boss. You call me teacher and Lord. And it's true. If I then, your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. This one example Jesus came to give us. An example of service. Not an example of talking big and doing nothing. Oh, I'm a doctor. I can be an usher. I'm a banker. I can be an usher. I'm this. I can't sing on stage. I'm this. That's not the example we have. Praise God. He said, I'm the Lord and your master. But when it mattered most, aside, I like it when he said, he laid aside his garment. You can't serve if you want to wear your garment. Some of you have two degrees, three degrees, and they've entered you. Reverend Bright is one of those unusual servants we have ever been blessed with. Very intelligent, super smart. Super, super smart. I mean, the class he left school with, I, I didn't have that kind of class. No, no, I don't. First degree, master's, PhD. But when you see him, it doesn't look like somebody who has anything like that at all. But when you engage him mentally, you know that the guy is smart. But when he has to lay it aside, some of you, you are too much into yourself, your title and position that God is not able to do what he wants to do through you. Too much! little specialization you have made. Now, we can't talk to you. Oh, I'm a gynecologist, so, you know. Now, I have CACC. Pastor, when you are speaking with me now, you have to uh, take that into consideration. Take that into consideration. Really? Really? The disciples, they didn't despise any work. Do you know what the disciples first did? They serve as ushers. It's much more, no more consensual. That's what the disciples were doing. Yeah, I'm telling you. That's what they were doing. The disciples. It's much more, more consensual. Yeah. They sent them to go and fetch water. I'm not joking. It's in the scriptures. That's what they used to do. And listen, the worst part of it is that these were guys who were older than the one who was giving them the instruction. And that is the most difficult part. The most annoying part is when you are older in age you are more skillful in a certain profession. You know more about a follower. You are older in age than the follower. You know more than the follower. And you are giving instruction and he's debating you. There's nothing as annoying. It's like a student challenging his teacher. There's nothing as annoying as that. Because the Bible said, everyone that is well trained shall be like his master. There's nothing annoying. But these guys, look, they were far older than Jesus. Peter was older. Matthew Dems, no, 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 no. When they were born, Jesus was small. When Jesus was small, they were uh, doing their things. Jesus said, go and fetch water. No, 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 Peter, lead the team. 
Now let me show you one that will even annoy you. <laughs> Look at this. John chapter 6 verse 12 to 13. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers. Somebody say gather the leftovers. Say gather the leftovers. Aha. So they picked up the pieces. Look at this. Verse 13. They picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Now imagine 5,000 people eating a place. And they say, pick up the pieces. Can you imagine what kind of work it is? Gather it up. Pick them up. Peter. Come on. Come on. Come on. Or should I go and, and be cleaning uh, what do you call it uh, uh, WC you simply don't know what you are missing by that act you are securing a place in the future for yourself and your children you have no idea of 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 Joel Austin a lot of people see him on TV. Pastoring one of the largest churches, if not the largest church in the US today. He was doing what you are doing now. That's what he used to do. Never, not once, the fathers he came to was introducing his father on tape. Never once when his father was alive. But today, listen, nobody rises in the kingdom without service. Lay aside your masters. Lay aside your Masters, lay aside your PhD. When you come to church, don't carry them. When you are going to work, that's why they hire you for carry them there. But don't bring them here. Jesus laid aside his garment and then began to wash. I see you take your proper place. I see you take your proper place. So never despise any work. A true disciple. When you tell him, do this. Ah, sir, let's go. Do this. Immediately, they are on. Oh, this is not the type of thing I want to do. I really, I'm not very good at this. A true disciple, a servant will try. A true servant wants to, because he wants to please his master. Even if he may not be good at it, but he will still strive to do it. One of the people I love in this church, among our workers, and I love all of you, but one of our leaders here who has distinguished himself in a way that I really cherish so much is Deacon Humphrey. Amazing guy. Amazing guy, Deacon Humphrey. Amazing guy. All you need to do is to tell him what to do. You'll get the job done. Medical doctor who didn't do anything uh, uh, graphic design, but sat up at night. Uh, they are clapping for themselves in there. Yeah. Yeah. Sat up at night. Pick up the skill. Learned it. You see, when you come to church, you look for what is needed. And I'll talk about it. True servants look for what is needed and they do it. What do we need here? Then you make it available. That's what a true servant does. You will be promoted. You will not be stagnated in life. We'll continue next week because the seventh point, my time is way over. This is about the fathers have come so far. I hope you have been blessed tonight. The journey is on. The journey to a high place of lifting. The journey to a place of uncommon promotion. The journey to a place of elevation. The journey to a place of prominence. The journey to greatness has just begun for you. You will enter into the place of prominence. You will possess your heritage of greatness. Can I have a believing amen here? You would certainly enter your promised land of greatness. Nothing will deny you access to greatness. In the mighty name of Jesus. So you shall live your life. Afrakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afrakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. 
Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Live Chapel. God richly bless you. Come on, come on, come on, come on.